God is a good God. Amen. Hallelujah. Have a bittersweet announcement. A longtime member, faithful, Carol Dosick, went home to be with Jesus early Saturday morning. She served faithfully in many capacities over the 30-plus years, and, of course, she's going to be missed. She's my favorite sister-in-law, the only one that tried to get it over me and just never could. And uh, so arrangements have not been finalized at this time. You can check with the Gilberg Hartwig of New Bremen, for details, or go to Only Believe Ministries Christian Center's Facebook, and the page will post a funeral arrangement when they are available. So please keep the family in prayer. Even though we don't lose them, we know where they went, it is still a burden. Amen? And uh, it is a time of bittersweet that we hate to lose people, but... That's where she wanted to go, and that's where we are all striving for. Amen? Praise God. So, uh, go on site, you'll get more information about that. So, hallelujah. Where's Ashley? I'd like to have a song sung. If you want me to sing it, just stay where you're at, Ashley. But if you would like for these people to have some ears left, praise God. There you go. Hey, hey I got a, got a key. Hallelujah. No, no, Nikki, this is not the one. No, no, I told you what I would say to you. Get, you're as bad as your mother. We're trying to read my mind. It's mine. Hallelujah. We're going to sing... The name of Jesus. I speak Jesus. Yeah. There you go. Hallelujah. Somebody said, oh my gosh, we worship so long. You gonna complain in heaven? Come on, they they might draft you into one of the elders. You be out there flying around all day long, not singing any different song, the same old song. Holy, holy, holy.
Eric. Where's Eric today? Oh, speak. There he is. Hallelujah. He's like a moving flash ghost. Not the one there and then gone. All right, we have uh, just come back from the Ivory Coast. Yep. Abidjan. And Abidjan, and, but it was also Kuwait. Kuwait. It was, was Abidjan's a, a big city, but there's regions like New York City has Brooklyn, Bronx, something like that. It's like a borough of yep. Abidjan. Yep. And uh, it was a borough. That was the biggest marketplace ever saw in my life. <laughs> and, uh, but we had a lot of great things happen. Lots of miracles. Uh, we had a... Uh, about 85,000 in attendance. 85,000 attendance. One night we had no power. They One night we had sabotage. Someone sabotaged our generator, believe it or not, on a Saturday night. Uh, by the time we got there, we started the service about three hours late. crowd was only maybe about 10,000 that night because everyone thought the crusade was canceled. There was no lights, no sound. We had big LED screens. Uh, but that night we had saw lots of people get saved and lots of miracles happen. We had over 30,000 people come to Christ in this crusade, yep. over 30,000. Which is a, we give God praise for that. Yeah, lots yes. of miracles, lots Hallelujah. of miracles as well. I know we had, uh, I, remember, I remember a child that really touched my heart because I got a chance to interview people, pastor on the side. But uh, the mother had taken a child to a witch doctor, believe it or not, when the child was born. And the child, because of that witch doctor, had a hunch on her back like a lump. And that night, God instantly just dissolved that, 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 that hunch. It was gone. The spine was perfect. I remember another child, another boy that was uh, born, um, deaf and mute, nine years of age, never spoke a word, never heard. That night, heard for the first time, spoke his first words. Um, we had a woman that was paralyzed because of a car accident. Her left side was completely immobilized. She walks a platform the night to give God praise because yeah. her mobility was completely back. Lots of deaf mutes, yeah. lots of cripples walking for the first time. Uh, it was really an amazing service, Pastor. Yeah. God bless us over the five nights we were there. The leaders of the city came out. Yeah. Uh, Every uh, night. Pastor's been now nominated, I think, the, the prince, the king, and, and, and some other kind of uh, royalty uh, the denomination. But uh, they put him, a robe on his back. If you give me and, uh, any more stuff, I'm going to have to start a museum. I ain't got no room. That's it. It's, it's, it. He, got, he, got, he got applauded by the... Tens of thousands there. The leaders yep. from the city came out every single night because they were so appreciative for the crusade taking place and the impact we were making there. And, and uh, out of that, the pastors got together that we ministered to. Yep. They came together. They started a food program yes. and said that there's not going to be one child in uh, the borough of Kuwait. That, yeah, yep. of yep. Kuwait yep. that's going to go to bed hungry at that's night. Right. They're giving away bags right. of rice, of oil, right. and water. So uh, we were very appreciative of that, that they took that up on themselves yeah. while we were leaving. We didn't fund any of it. They funded it themselves. Yeah. yeah, and then the last night we had the privilege of taking the service live into all the French-speaking uh, nations of West Africa, including France as well. So we have about 18 other nations. We had thousands of people respond to miracles taking place, lots of, lots of salvations as well. God was uh, wonderful to us, Pastor, as always, and we thank the congregation for allowing us to go because we yeah, couldn't do without absolutely. you. We appreciate your prayers and your support. Yep. And we have a video to show too, Pastor. Oh, yeah. Hey, quick show the video. Then I'm going to preach to about one and then we're going
said with Ezekiel, he put a word in my mouth. I was speaking with an authority that I had never ever experienced. Pastor Dosek, we have a man tonight. Nous avons quelqu'un ce soir. Actually, one of the leaders here in Kuwait. En fait, c'est l'un des leaders. He had prophesied for two years. Tonight, after prayer, he can see clearly. Ça fait deux ans qu'il ne peut pas voir. Ça fait deux ans qu'il ne peut pas voir. Mais ce soir, oh, c'est pas trop. C'est pas trop parce que j'ai commencé à porter les lunettes. Ça me fait deux ans. Oui. Vous pouvez pas lire de près. Pour l'heure, ça commence à aller. Come on, shout hallelujah! Hallelujah! This man came tonight, he's been blind in his left eye for two years. He can't move with his leg as well. Tonight after prayer, he Pastor Dosik, this woman came tonight. She's been deaf in her right ear for one month. Tonight, after prayer, the ear is open and she is healed. Pastor, cette jeune fille avait un problème de sudité au niveau de son oreille gauche ou bien droite. Now she's been deaf in her right ear. Au niveau de son oreille droite, elle n'entendait pas. But tonight, mais ce soir. God opened up her ear. Dieu a fait son miracle, a ouvert son oreille droite. Come on, shout hallelujah. Est-ce que tu peux dire alléluia, amen? And when he hung up on that cross, et quand il a été cloué à ce bois, he did not die for any of his own sin, but for ours. Il n'est pas mort pour ses propres péchés, mais il est mort pour les siens, pour les vôtres, pour les nôtres. And there's nothing that can wash away a man's sins except. Et that au, blood. Aucun homme, aucun sang humain ne peut laver un péché. So if you'd like to receive Jesus Christ si tu es là ce soir, que tu veux recevoir Jésus-Christ de Nazareth, I want you to raise your hand up high right now. Si tu as rétrogradé, que tu veux revenir au Seigneur Come aussi, on, je veux que tu lèves place. ta main, quel Come que on, soit là où tu up. sois. Tu veux donner ou redonner ta vie Jesus. à Jésus, lève ta raise main là où tu es. Now will you please stand up? Est-ce que tu peux te tenir debout de ta place? Your hand is up. Please follow it right up here. Tiens-toi debout de ta place, toi qui veux donner ta vie à Jésus ou la redonner à Jésus. Tiens-toi debout, n'est pas honte. Now I want to invite you to come right up here. Prends ton courage à demain et puis cours viens ici, viens vers ici. I want to pray with you. On veut prier pour toi. So please come. Est-ce que tu peux venir ici? Come, you're receiving Christ. Tu vas recevoir Jésus-Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I never get tired of seeing people get saved. Somebody would say, well, they don't really get saved. Listen, 15 years. I've been doing it for 25. 
but 15, 20 years later, men will come up and tell me they got saved in a crusade, went home and started the church. And they, tomorrow, I will be preaching to a thousand brand new believers. And uh, they are still using megaphones that we gave away 15, 20 years ago. Listen, it is continuing. And it continues to go on, and they are just as saved as you are. And this is done through the process that Paul used in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. So it worked then, and it'll work now. So let's turn our Bibles to 2 Timothy 3.1. We're going to wrap up this uh, series that we've been doing on uh, generosity. We're going to end it with thanksgiving. We have just finished and come out of, and of course we are the only, uh, really the nation that celebrates thanksgiving in a way that we do. And uh, every nation has their own tradition and so forth. But let me say what thanksgiving is. It is an active gratitude. Thanksgiving cannot be silent, nor can it be inactive, or it's simply not gratitude or thankfulness. Uh, then it means to be generous. It means to be mindful, constantly mindful of favor. That's what causes people to be thankful because they dwell on the things that they are grateful for or that favor has done for them. It means acceptance by others. Acceptance. Then it means to be a benefactor, somebody that receives benefits. People that receive benefits are thankful. You know, I have thankful grandchildren. If I buy them a, a Diet Coke going through McDonald's, they say, Papa, thank you. Now, if they weren't thankful, they'd be thirsty. Yeah, you can teach your children to be grateful and thankful. Amen? Uh, also, it means to have a generous or a grateful language. Now, there are many languages that we use. We use actions as language. So if you give something to somebody, sow a seed, that is thanksgiving. That is thanksgiving. In 2 Timothy 3.1, it says this, Know this also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. That means perilous simply means dangerous. Not only is it spiritually dangerous, which is far more uh, weighty than just being dangerous to your physical life. You know, we are not to fear those that can just take our life. We are to fear those, which is God, that can take our life and cast us into an eternity without God. But it says that there are dangerous times coming, and certainly we are in dangerous times. I hear about horrific murders 
taking place in our nation and across the world. And in every state, it seemed like that it's almost accepted as a way of life. And then we see crime is so uprising because there is no penalty for it. And so, you know, people go in, I think they can steal up to $1,000 and have no charges pressed. I wish that would have been in store when I was a sinner. But it wasn't, and uh, so I'm here today. So, men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemy, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. They have no natural affection. They're truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than the lovers of God. They may have an expression of a form of godliness, but they refuse to meet the requirements of God's rulership in their life. For this sort, are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lust. Unthankfulness. We have and are being infiltrated by that unthankful disease. And it is contagious. It will get on people. We have a generation that is an expectant generation, yet not thankful. That's why it's important that you and I raise our children with a spirit of gratitude, a spirit of thankfulness, a spirit that gives reverence and expresses their gratitude towards us and to those you know, I, I, I go into a bathroom. Somebody's cleaning the bathroom. Uh, you know what? I say, hey, thank you. I've taught my grandkids. Tell that guy thank you. You know what? This place would be a swine hole if it wasn't for him in here doing his job. You think it's minimal. You think that it's menial. You think that it's not important. You need to be grateful to the man or the woman that is making some place respectful and uh, open to you and clean enough for you to use. Somebody's got to do it. Amen? You say, but I'd never work like that. You don't know what you would do if you got hungry enough. Amen? And if Phyllis made what some of these janitors made in Ford and, you know, all that kind, I'd put her to work. But she doesn't. So, now understand that unthankfulness is the work of the enemy. He is the God of this world, and he blinds people. Least they would see the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. The glorious gospel. See, when you begin to realize how grateful that you are, how blessed and how favored you are, that causes a reservoir of thanksgiving. Now, that should alarm us that if we are losing our gratitude or thankfulness 
to what God is doing in our life, what others do in our life. We have the murmuring, complaining, you know, uh, just bad attitude about everything that's going on. There's something wrong with what is in you. Could I get an amen? Because we do speak with the abundance of our heart. And so we want to make sure that we stay thankful. Let's go to Colossians 2.6. Thankful. Somebody say thankful. When we come in together into the house of the Lord, we should be thankful. We should have a thankful spirit, first of all, that we live in a country that we can still come together and to worship. Well, I just don't like how our country is going. I don't either. But you know what? I'm still grateful to be here, and you haven't moved. Yeah, please. That's like complaining about your wife and asking her to cook supper. You know, come on, be grateful, thankful for what you have. Amen? I don't agree with everything in America. I don't agree with half of what my wife does or says or cooks. But I'm thankful that at least she was blind enough to marry me. And I'd much rather be in a marriage with her than somebody else. Thank you, Eric. Can you hear me? All right, praise God. All right, Colossians 2, 6. This is where many of us stop our spiritual growth. It says this. And as have we have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and builded up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with what? Thanksgiving. You know, thanksgiving should be abundant out of our mouths. I'm thankful for so many things. I was going down the road the other day, and I just thought, you know, God, I'm a blessed man. I live a blessed life. I have favor with people. And then it says this, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit, and the traditions of men after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. We are to be thankful. And when you have a thankful spirit, you know what? You will be faithful wherever you are. Complainers split and run. Thanksgiving people filled with gratitude do not they prove their faithfulness to God. You know, giving thanks is a place of activity that deepens and broadens our faith in Christ. Our faith in Christ. What would men tell you to do? Oh, you did that yourself. I remember a politician one time said, oh, you didn't build that business by yourself. You built it with somebody else. Well, let them take a cut in pay like I took a cut in pay to build something. We know that that's not true, but we ought to be thankful 
for what God has done for us. Amen? It expresses, this is what thankfulness does. It expresses our faith in God as well as his faithfulness to us no matter what is happening. In other words, when you start walking with God, you're going to come under attack. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But God delivers us out of them all. But the Bible tells us that we are to be thankful in all things. Thankful in all things. What does that mean? You know the battles that you are engaged in? You may know the outcome because the Bible said this is what's going to happen. So you know the outcome while you're in the battle, but you don't always know the turn that the battle is going to take. And sometimes you just got to hunker down and declare thankfulness because God is faithful. You may not know what's going to happen. You may not know how the enemy is going to attack. The Bible says they'll come out against you one way. There's many times 10,000 will fall at one side. Another side will be filled with slain enemies. You don't know the snares that you're going to fall into. But wherever you fall, be thankful that in the midst of it, God has made a covenant with you that he will always cause you to triumph in Christ Jesus. Didn't say that you were going to know all of the ways, but you do know that it's going to come out victorious. So don't destroy your faith by becoming unthankful. Be thankful. Know that God is still working even though you think he's not even on the scene. So be thankful. You will grow in your faith. You will establish yourself as a faithful person to God. We are receivers of the benefits of that cross. We are receivers of the benefit of that cross. I don't know what state you were in when you got saved, but when you look at this cross and you can turn away from it and be unthankful, there really is a problem in the reservoir of what you have seen God has done for you. Now, Nikki, there you go. When I see this cross, I see deliverance. I come from a family where one time a quarter of the family was in jail, in prison. I come from a family that my brothers were drug addicts. Then they were narcs. Then the feds caught them dealing in drugs on both sides. I come up from a family that was filled with things that 
are forbidden with the world. Prostitution, lesbianism, homosexuality. How did I make it? Someplace along the line, I looked at this cross. And in that cross, I remember that I've been redeemed. I'm thankful. David, do you remember the day that you were set behind bars? Your wife had divorced you. Yet somebody came and witnessed to you about Jesus. And David Hewitt got saved. In a cell. And remarried his wife. Continue to pray for her. But I can look around and I can see people. That God has transformed your life. I look at that cross and I see deliverance. I see healing in my life, in my family's life, my wife's life. I see what Jesus did for me. It's not just a piece of wood, but it is God's voice to me that says, son, I've shed favor upon you when you were yet an enemy i showed you favor without boundaries some of you you look at the cross you remember god healed your marriage god brought your children home god broke alcoholism god broke drug addiction God broke poverty. When we look at the cross, are there no other words that we can express besides complaints? Can we not express thankfulness for God himself coming, shedding his blood, dying for my sins? Washing away my sins at a price that silver and gold could not purchase. Can I not look at the cross and be thankful that when God forgave me, all guilt has been gone? I do not live as a condemned man, just freed. I'm not an ex-sinner. I have been deemed by God himself, his son and his daughter. Can we not look at the cross and remember that Jesus bought victory for us in every battle before it's ever been embraced or released against us? I Paul and Silas sang. What do you think they sang? Oh, woe is me. No, I believe that they sang praises. God, thank you that you are with us in this dungeon. Thank you, God, that though we cannot see a way before morning, you will make a way. Though we face death, 
We will not grumble, nor will we fear, nor will we be moved. For God, it is in you do we trust, and you are faithful. And whatever the end of my lot is, God, at the end of the day I will say, it is well with my soul. When we look at the cross, should we not be filled with thanksgiving that cannot be silenced? Remember, it is a language that expresses gratitude. The cross gave me sonship. Sonship with God. He protects me. He keeps me. And because of that, I offer up the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of my lips. And I give him expressions of my gratitude. I communicate with God. I do good because he has changed my life. Therefore, I understand that God is my refuge, my rescue, and God is well pleased with sacrifices of thanksgiving in the middle of your storm. In the middle of your storm. Next time you're in a battle, don't look at how much water is in the boat. Look at the cross. It is a place of thanksgiving. The world may never have discovered what Jesus did for them. And you once walked in darkness, but you are no longer bound by darkness. You walk in the revelation of what the cross has did for you and I. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Jesus gave himself for you and I that he might present us before the Father. 
ex-enemies of God, cursers and blasphemers. Yet Jesus shed his blood that he might present us pure, holy, spotless, without blame. Unashamed of who we are because of what he had done. The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, in everything. Oh, no, 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 I don't want to give thanks in everything. No, you give thanks in everything and for everything. Why? Because there's nothing the adversary can do that God has not made a way of escape that will bring a fallen prison, that will bring a stilled storm, that will bring a refuge on a beach, that will not cause you to come out better than you ever went in. Give thanks where you are. Don't regret where you are. Don't surrender to complaint, but give thanksgiving. Thanks be unto God that giveth us the victory in Christ Jesus over death, over the grave, and gives us eternal life. I'm thankful. I am thankful. Once a year, Thanksgiving comes. In Leviticus, the seventh chapter, there is the progression of Israel establishing fellowship with God. Started out with bring a sin offering. Leviticus, the sixth chapter. Then Leviticus 7 says, and if you've trespassed, if you've trespassed against a man, a woman, bring a trespass offering. And then bring an offering of peace. And in that peace offering, the assurance that I am faithful, you can declare it a thanksgiving offering. Just to say, God, thank you for redemption. Thank you for purity. Thank you for a way of escape. Thank you that I don't live under the curse. And then the last portion of the offering was the offering of fellowship. Fellowship. That's what the cross is all about. It bridges the gap between fallen man and a resurrected Christ. And in America, we usually don't do many things for Thanksgiving except eat. But every year, I receive a Thanksgiving offering, and I wouldn't care if it was $10, $2, $1. It is of a free will heart. And it has to be an expression of something that you are thankful for. And so today I'm going to ask you 
to sow a thanksgiving offering. To say, Father, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. You know, about a month ago, I went and seen a man I worked with. He was a Baptist. I overlooked that. He was in the old folks' home. His wife had died. His children had all moved away. None of his children were serving the Lord. We started talking, and I said, Rodney, I want to thank you. He said, for what? I said, you know, you sit here in this room, and you probably think that you have made no significant impact on the world. But I remember those days in the foundry where we walked, worked side by side. You taught me how to chew tobacco and uh, taught me so many things. But the best thing you did was those two years you challenged and helped form my faith. You would challenge what I said I believed. And you know, Rodney, my wife and I are still serving the Lord. My daughter is saved. And he said, great. I said, I thank you for my grandchildren. Each one of them is serving the Lord. Not that they don't take vacations and become knuckleheads, but they're serving the Lord, Rodney. I said, in Rodney, we've won almost five million people to Jesus Christ. I said, Rodney, not one of those people would have ever heard the gospel if you had not witnessed to me, shared Christ with me, and taught me the importance of memorizing the Bible. And he began to weep. And I began to weep. For someone to think that they were so useless but I would never have made it if it would never have been for Rodney Turner. I wouldn't have made it past six months. Never had been saved longer than six months. But he was there. And I'm so grateful. And I told him, Rodney, I thank you for three generations coming to know Jesus Christ and serving him. And we wept together. I'm thankful for Rodney Turner. Not for all Baptists, but for him. So today I'm going to ask you to give a seed, whatever you're grateful for. 
If you're grateful for one dollar, then give a dollar. If you're grateful for a hundred, then give a hundred. It's something that you have to express your gratitude. To say, God, this is a sacrificial thing. I thank you for it. Hallelujah. So, if you'll just get that offering ready, if I could have the buckets out here. Then, Nikki, you're going to come up here and talk flowery to them. And give, give them a yearly report. And when you get it ready, you can have them just bring the offering. Well, you got me all crying down there with your message. Didn't tell me it was going to be a tearjerker. Hallelujah. Amen. If you want to give your offering, that's fine. I need a pen. Someone give me a pen. Thank you. Hallelujah. I'll be the first one. Come on up, give your offering. And then we got, I'm going to not keep you long, but I need 10, 15 minutes of your time. I'm going to blaze, but this is a part of our worship to God. It's a beautiful time, something we've been considering in our family. Um, and Randy finally just looked at me during this and said, just give whatever you want. <laughs> Sometimes you got to put his arm in it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, ladies. Okay, so just for the sake of time, I'm going to go ahead and get started as everyone moseys back to the seat. So I'm excited that I get to share the annual review with the church. And I know for some of you, this might be new. If you've been in the church for years, you're like, why all of a sudden? Well, here's the deal. Are we concerned about numbers? Eh, no, but do numbers tell us if we're on the right track in what we're trying to accomplish? Yes, yes. Is it about the number of people in seats? How much money they get? No, that's not the numbers I'm talking about. I'm talking about numbers with the passion and the vision that we as a church have. So numbers reveal to us, are we putting a vision out there and are we running correctly in the right way? And if the numbers are trending in the right way, then we're getting it. But if they're not trending in the right way, then maybe there's something we need to step back and look at and say, maybe we need to do this differently. So I'm excited in the fact that I get to do this. However, before we start, I want you to know that everything in this book, all of it, is done by you, through you, and around you with the help of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear me? All of this is done by you, through you, and because of you and the Holy Spirit with us. That's huge. That's huge. And you as a church should be proud of yourself when we get through this. So let me say thank you. Thank you for those of you that have invested your time, your talent. That means what you have to offer the kingdom and your treasure. And that's your money. I appreciate that. And you did make a difference, not just in this earth, not just in your church, but you laid up heavenly treasure 
for yourself in the way you respond and what you do with the action that God gave you, these giftings inside of you. And it's very, very important. But what is the heart of this house? It's very simple. One, the second you walk in the door, we want you to know God. Just what I said in that altar call today. It's not enough that we know about God, but we want you to walk with him and know him so that you can be like him and change what's around you. Number two, we want you to find freedom. We want you to find freedom from your past. We want you to find freedom from what really hurts you, what really tempts you, what things you struggle with. We want you to be free of financial struggle. We want you to be free of those relationship struggles. And the way you do that is by knowing God and using your faith to get through them with him. Amen. And so when you come to services like this, Pastor Dozik and the pastors of this church are going to institute faith into your heart so that you know what to do in the midst of a battle. Just like this right here, Pastor told us today, that in every situation in our life, throw up your hands and give thanks, right? Use your faith that in the midst of it, when it looks dark, when it looks black, when it looks bleak, that God says, I will prevail victorious. That's faith. That's for you and I. Thirdly, we want you to discover your purpose. You got to know what God wants you to do while you're here. And then do it to the best of your ability because he's counting on you. He's counting on Annie. He's counting on Gerald. He's counting on Ed. He's counting on every single one of us to do what he's asked us to do to usher in the coming of the Lord. And believe it or not, every little thing that he's asked you to do is important to the kingdom in a really big way. And last but not least, make a difference with that purpose. Make a difference together. And that's what we do in this church. It's that simple. That is the heart and the vision of this house. We live by faith. We value relationships. And we rescue others. That's the goal here at Only Believe. And if, when you look at this booklet today, you're going to see that. So if you just open it up, our pastors gives us a good little word of how they love us. And how they support us and they appreciate us. And you can turn on to the next page, and this is an exciting page for me, because when we do what God wants us to do, 56 salvations came in through these doors. 56. Now, this is just your local church. This isn't across these. This is right here at your altar. And you know what that tells me? If you look at last year's numbers, it's bigger. You know what that says? You're telling people about Jesus. You're inviting them to church. You're inviting them to get saved. That tells me that you're taking the great commission that we're trying to put in your heart seriously. And that you realize that time is short and God is coming back. And we're supposed to take as many with us as we possibly can. You get it. And there were 42 salvations or baptisms. All of those were bigger than last year's numbers. You keep asking and they will come. There's a statistic out there that says seven out of 10 unchurched people that have never been invited to church in their whole lives will come if you ask. Seven out of 10, what? That's huge. To every home group leader, to every connect group, to every small group leader, we see you. You are amazing. And we know there are literally 
308 people went through a small group this year and found freedom in some area of their life. That's huge. That's huge. See, because when your marriage needs work and pastor talks on Thanksgiving on Sunday, your marriage didn't get fixed, right? You went home with the same marriage problem that you came with and you wanted help with that, but you didn't know how to get it because pastor taught on Thanksgiving because there's only 52 weeks in a year. But when you give yourself over to a small group on marriage for 12 weeks, the Holy Spirit keeps his finger on your marriage. He digs out the root of bitterness, unforgiveness. Maybe that's what he's dealing with. And he brings it to the surface and says, you got to love her. And she's got to love you back. And you find freedom in that. Why do you find freedom in it? Because you can't give Jesus to anyone if you're bound by the devil in the area of your marriage. How can you tell someone else that God can fix their marriage if he can't fix yours? Right? So God's looking to heal us. He's looking to give us freedom in these areas so that we can go out and tell others about the freedom that he gave us and be his witnesses. So that's a huge thing. You home group leaders, I love you. I was you one day. I know what it takes. I see what you set up. I see what you tear down. I know what it takes in time, effort, and energy. And thank you. Because you provide a safe place for people to come and share. They get support. They get community. They get love. And they get food. And they're at greatest numbers we've ever had before. If you don't have a home group, please find one. And maybe you think you're a great host person, then you should be a home group leader. That's easy to do around here. We always need more places and more homes for people to convene to just be together, to have community. It's huge. Dream teamers, you look at these funny pictures. I see us all. 346 of you volunteer in this church every single day time. Is that not crazy? 346 of you. Most of you, I'm going to be honest with you, are in that children's church and thank you. It's because of you that parents get to come out here and to learn and to seek after the Lord and to literally get delivered for two hours of their life every week. You didn't even get that. Come on, moms. This is your babysitting service. It's amazing. And they teach them about Jesus while they're here. 346 of you have discovered a purpose and applied it to your life. That's huge. That's huge. That means we're doing what God wants us to do. Go on to your next page. This is our kids and our youth. The next four pages, I'm sure some of you see your own kids in there. I see mine. There's Randy. Look, he's right there he is. He's having so much fun. I'm telling you, if he didn't get it all out in the children's church, I don't know that we could contain him at home. That's the truth. He is full of energy from the minute he wakes up till the minute he goes to sleep. But listen, the youth had an amazing year this year and the children's church. We had, if you look at their Aqua Grande numbers, we had 80 kids attend in the summer at our VBS. There were hundreds at Aqua Grande. You couldn't even count all the kids that were running around. And you ask, but Nicole, what is that? It's about their purpose. They need to know that serving God can be fun. It's not just about sitting in a chair and hearing a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's about having fun. They got baptized at Aqua Grande. They celebrated Vacation Bible School that, by the way, is written in-house um, by one of our Kenton Children's Church pastors, and he writes it, Jared um, Kaiser. It's amazing. Those kids are invested in this. And our youth group, Pump was off the hook this year, but the one thing that Pastor Tim was really proud in his heart about 
was that our kids went on a missions trip this year and they built handicap ramps, they redid front porches, they redid a back porch so that a lady could exit her house safely and they painted for some single ladies. But here's what he said, Nicole, they raised almost all their own money to do this. These are your kids. These are your youth. They're not just learning the Holy Ghost. They're not just learning how to pray. They're not just learning how to pray for the sick. They're learning how to serve people and to be a need in their communities. That's huge. This is the heart of Christ that's being exposed. The youth had a very vital part in our outreach program. The youth sat every single Wednesday down by the pool and gave out free hot dogs and prayer. With every hot dog, they would ask, can I pray for you? And then you have David. David, stand up. I know you don't like to be right here, front row. Head of outreach here, David Hewitt, and all of you families that volunteered on the hot dog cart. If there's anyone here, stand up. Stand up, because you are all probable. I know families dedicated their time week after week after week. Listen to this. 4,000. 4,350 hot dogs and 2,250 bottles of water were given out at the Sydney Farmer's Market. And you know what? If you're not there on a Sunday, they ask, where were you? Because you want to know why? We ask ourselves this question while doing outreach and only believe. If this church was gone from our local community, would they know we left? Would they even care? Because if the answer to that is no, then you and I have not been the voice of Jesus. Let me ask you this. Would your neighbors know? if you moved and would they care these are these are huge questions because i want my neighbor to know that i'm here to pray for you i want my neighbor to know that if you need help call me i'm here because i want to help you through it right you can see right here that we supported the Mercy House in Sydney. This is a one-stop shop. This is an amazing thing. If you want to volunteer, you're from Sydney, you need to be volunteering here. They will give you housing, clothing, food, and weight, a program to get you a job and get you reinstated back into society where you can contribute to the community. That's huge. It's not just a handout. They're teaching them to fish. They're not just fishing for them. There's multiple people in this situation that are mentally struggling, that don't know how to even get through their next day. David's also been down there doing that. They're, we're preaching there, sharing the gospel. Um, you gave $4,385 to stop human trafficking. Stop it. These people are saved because you gave the money to buy their freedom and get them out of the situation that they were in. You should give yourself a hand clap. This is huge. This is an injustice to God. Therefore, it's an injustice to you and I. That's huge. You should be proud of yourself. You gave $4,800 to a church in the Philippines that has a Bible college that goes all the way through and charges nothing for these students to come to learn about the gospel. You did that. There's so many good things that you did. I can't go through all of them. You gave 800 and some boxes of Kleenexes to the local school. By the way, next year, we're going to not do Bakians. We're going to do Bakians and one more. And we're going to do two schools and we're going to provide Kleenexes for everybody knows. And you say, but Nicole, what is that about? It's about being generous. 
It's about letting those teachers and parents and the superintendents know that your local church cares about what you care about. And we know that you buy those Kleenexes out of your own pockets. And we know that you invest in the students, but we care about the students. And we want to invest in them. You blew me away. We would come in from work in the mornings and there are boxes stacked up from Amazon where people are just buying them and shipping them to the church. 840, I bet Amazon thought, what in the world are these people doing? They probably thought we were trying to hoard all these Kleenexes, you know, for, from the pandemic or something. We had a garden this year. You guys are aware of the garden. Look at this. I'm almost going to have you out of here. Four or five more minutes. We had a church garden. Pastor Randy had the idea we should do a garden again. I said, okay. He said, but I think we should give it all away. I said, well, we gave it all away the last time to the church. He said, no, we should give it away to the community first and let the church serve the community. And I went, that's brilliant. Although we picked and picked and picked and picked. And I'm going to be honest with you. There were times at the end of the season that if that green bean plant just got a little hard of a pull and I threw it off to the side, I was glad that green bean plant was not giving any more green beans. I was thankful for the harvest, but I was thankful when the harvest was done, if you know what I'm saying. And if any of you work a garden, you know what I'm talking about. Those beans gave and gave and gave. In fact, 580 pounds of green beans. Yeah, too many green beans. But thank you, we made a difference. The local mayor of Bakken's came down to the produce stand and he said, I don't know what you guys are doing, but thank you for helping our local community. There's ladies that have been, older ladies, that have been wanting to can but can't get out to pick it. You did that. You did that. All those people that met me in the garden at 6 a.m., I know, light didn't come up till 6.30. Didn't know that till I got out there, but thank you very much. You did that. You did that. And I know that there was a lot of people in the church that benefited from the garden. That's all fine and dandy. But with food at the way it was, the prices it is, we're going to do it again next year. And we're going to bless the local communities. Amen. And you also blessed Urbana community because Kylan packed up a whole bunch and took it to the church in Urbana. And they loved it. And they took it to their neighbors and gave it out. It was beautiful. So we just kept giving and giving. Today you saw Pastor Dosik with PDM on the video screen. I'm just going to say that was an amazing video. But these numbers are absolutely amazing. If you're looking at your booklet, over 75 million people were touched with the gospel last year. 697,544 salvations last year because of you. You paid for all those plane tickets. You paid for the sound system that those people listened with. You paid to truck people in from hours away to attend this meeting because they didn't have the money to get there. This is you. You did this. And this is huge. You should be very proud. Randy went to 14 schools in a day. Three days, sorry. Three days. Countless salvations of these children. I'm telling you, to watch the pictures will make you cry. Muslim children, hand over fist, 
coming to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Fathers coming to the night meeting and said, I want you to know that when my daughter told me she gave her life to Christ, I needed to know the man that told her about this Jesus. Because in a Muslim country, so you know, if a girl comes home and denounces the faith, he is to kill her or disown her forever. He accepted Jesus Christ that night. Said, if my daughter has enough faith to stand up and tell me that she accepted Jesus, then why shouldn't I? Whew! Isn't that amazing? There were 2,371 pastors ministered to. And know this, when pastors are ministered to, what they get, they take back to their churches. And they spread the gospel. And then those are ones. So it's not just a one and done. This continues to give generation after generation after generation. 12 remote villages, meetings in Pakistan. And you think this is crazy, but there's a picture in the right-hand corner. And that is pastor on the screen in a village where they're hunkering down to listen to the gospel in secret. So that no one knows in Pakistan so that they can accept Jesus. And that's how many times it was done in the remote villages. By the way, 500 Bibles, every single time one of those meetings happen, there are 500 Bibles that are deposited into their hands so that they can go out and spread the gospel again. God is doing mighty things across our world, and you're a part of that. Acts tells us that Jesus went to his Jerusalem, his Judea, and his Samaria, right? He went to his city, his nation, and his international world, as far as his feet could take him. But our feet are planes, our feet are cars. So you have this call right outside your front door. That's your Jerusalem. Make a difference in your local city. If you don't live in Botkins, then make a difference in Sydney. You don't live in Sydney, make a difference in Walpock. Wherever you live, be Jesus. That's all you gotta do. And then international, PDM, oh my goodness. Thank you, Dad, for going. Thank you, Randy, for going. I'm not going. I'm glad you're going. Hallelujah. Amen. And then last but not least, you can go right here. And this is where does every dollar go in your church? Here's what I want you to know. Every year, your church is audited by an outside government or outside entity so that we know we are doing everything, every balance, every check, every system is in place and it's done with integrity. We want you to trust that when you give, like your Thanksgiving offering today, that you know it's being handled with integrity, with care, and with honesty. And this is important to us. This is transparency. This is showing you what happens to every dollar that you give to the church. And then there's the above and beyond. So this is above your insurance, your gas, the heat for the building, your building payment. By the way, if we retired the debt of this building, which is the only debt we own, that's it, just our building. Everything in here is paid for because you've paid for it. We retire the debt. Think of what we could do for the kingdom if we didn't have a building payment. Amen. Just think of the goodness of what that looks like. God's been so good. So above and beyond all of that, you paid $68,900 towards a bond. Now, I'm just telling you, by faith, on that record, I did the math. Next year, May, March, May, we'll be writing off another note that fast. It'll be gone. You can watch the thermometer go off out there or the building. I don't know what it is now. They change it around every once in a while. We added four new computer suites. You can see computers aren't cheap. 
And sweets just means everything it took to go with that computer. That's just a fancy name. And then we'll get to the new sound console. I know that number is about more than I can even swallow. But you yourself raised over $50,000 of that money. $50,000. Now, how something so small with 100,000 buttons on it can be so expensive, I don't know. But I think we're in the wrong business. Let me just say that. And we had some new units that went in, too, for HVC, and that was $12,674. Here's what I want to say to you. This is because of you. Spiritually, you are making a difference. You are adding to the kingdom of God every single day. Every tomato we picked, you might not have picked it, but every one you gave made a difference. Every dollar you gave made a difference. And I got to be honest with you, I am proud to be of only believe that we together with God accomplished what we did this year. You should be very proud. Church, you did a great job. Stand to your feet because I want to do one last thing before we leave this service. And this is important to me. As we were putting these numbers together and I saw the goodness of God in what we did and the goodness of what people believe in, I thought to myself, devil, you are one scared puppy. You got a church on the move, shaking a nation, shaking the international world, buying people out of slavery and human trafficking in the United States. You got a church that cares about abortion and the girls that are being taken advantage of and that are losing their mind and don't know what to do because they have no way out. You're giving money to help them get schooled and to find a way out. This is because of you. And then your cities are no longer the same. The devil's nervous. The devil's nervous about what you got inside of you. And this is proof of it. This is absolute proof. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm proud of you. We did it. Now, everyone together, I want you to say, devil, be afraid. Because only believe is on the move. Now give yourself a hand clap. You did this church. And I'm proud to be associated with you. Thank you so much for your time, effort, and energy. Go home. Be with your families. Don't forget, in the foyer on your way out, we have a little surprise. One of our people that got saved today would like to get baptized also and we've got another one already scheduled so if you want to see a baptism and be a part of the family and watch the outward expression of their inward change it's happening in the lobby we'll see you next week love you guys